I wonder if you notice in uh, any time that Jesus tells a story about the kingdom, he always tells a story about how living things grow. The good news of the kingdom of God is always a story about quantity and a story about quality. Living things grow. They grow larger, but they also grow stronger. When the word of God, when Jesus makes his home within and among us, he grows within us. He spreads his love to others as well. It's a fact of our biology and our humanity that living things grow. Put another way, people can't help but be sowers which is to say we can't help but be evangelists or promoters for the things that we believe in and the things that we value the most. Every time you post something on social media, every time you choose how to spend your free time, every time you make plans and keep your plans, you're always making and valuing and investing in things and sharing that with others. We are always, as people, putting energy into making something grow. Jesus knows this. And so he tells the parable of the sower to show his disciples what God puts his energy and investment into. What God is doing to and what God is making grow. As Jesus explains this to his disciples, he says that God has given and planted the message of the kingdom of God. That that is what God wants to grow, his kingdom. Do you know what the message of the kingdom is? Maybe you've attended a church, this church or another church, your whole life. And maybe you're still not clear on what the message of the kingdom of God is. Maybe the seed that has been sown on the path of your life, or the seed that's been sown in your life has also fallen on the path. Each week or each month or each year, it's there again, but always Satan snatches it away before it can really take root. Do you know the message of the kingdom of God? Mark, in his gospel, records the very first words that Jesus preaches in his ministry. Immediately after Jesus comes out of the desert in a time of testing with Satan, Jesus comes to God's people and he says, Repent and believe, for the time has come and the kingdom of God is here. What is this message of the kingdom? There's cartoons, I'm not going to show you one, but the cartoon of Western Christian evangelism is one person knocking on another person's door, their front door, and saying, well, I'd like to tell you about Jesus. Maybe you've seen that kind of thing or heard that or or experienced that yourself before. But the interesting thing is when we actually meet Jesus in the Bible, Jesus is rarely interested in talking about himself. Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of God. If Jesus knocked on your door, he wouldn't say, I'd like to tell you about Jesus. He would say, I'd like to tell you about the kingdom of God. Jesus' focus is the kingdom of God coming to earth. 
And if Christians want to be like Jesus, then we don't just need to talk about Jesus. We need to talk about the things that Jesus talked about. To follow the way of life that Jesus lived. The message of the kingdom of God is what the sower plants, Jesus says, when he sows his seeds. It's very simple to say, but also very challenging to find and experience. The message of the kingdom of God is, on the one hand, an expansive message, and on the other hand, a very personal and individual message. The expansive part is that God is in charge of everything in our world, but our world doesn't recognize God as king. Our world perhaps rebels against God as king or just ignores him. Everywhere you look, people are serving things or serving themselves, someone or something other than God. But the personal part of the message of the kingdom is this. We know what goes on in our world, but it's not that way with me. But it's not that way with us. I have decided, we have decided, we have agreed that we belong to God. So we give control of our lives to God. We give our priorities and our preferences to God. We give everything to God. And we don't do it perfectly. But we are giving more and more to God because, and this is the key part of the personal message of the kingdom, We're giving more and more to God because when we give something to God, when we entrust anything and everything about ourselves to God, we experience that our lives are better because we have given a part of ourselves to God. We have begun to experience God's presence and his power and his care for us on a regular basis. We have experienced the end of ourselves and the end of the honor that we can produce for ourselves. And instead, God has covered over our shame with his honor. Our lives are better because we have given them them to God. But here's the challenge. Now I've tried in a minute or two to tell you the message of the kingdom, and yet probably none of your lives are any better. Because this is a message that, as I said, is simple to say, but challenging to find and to experience. It's a word that can't simply just be heard and listened to. It has to be taken in and take root in our hearts in our minds, in our lives. The message has to be allowed to grow. It strikes me that we live in a world of hard-packed soil. Perhaps that's always been the case. But as Christians look around in 2023, many of us, I think, see neighbors who don't believe or experience in general that Christians' lives are any better than their own. I wonder if, and I think that, this is partly because too many Christians don't believe that our lives are better or preferable to anybody else's. We've taken God's amazing message of the kingdom of God coming 
And either we make it into a strict set of rules that some, that some or all of us need to follow, or we take it for granted. We, we ignore it when it's convenient, and we continue on our own way with our own preferences, but we still claim to follow Jesus. Put it another way, because we live in a world of hard-packed soil, our hearts, too, very easily can become hard. This is a, the beautiful simplicity of a parable about sowing seeds. Again, this isn't the world that most of us live in, but somebody like me who doesn't know the first thing about farming, or perhaps somebody like you, we could watch a farmer all day. We could watch a farmer sow a seed in a small field, and I wouldn't be able to tell you where the ground is hard or where the ground is soft. I wouldn't be able to tell you in that moment where the sun will bake the ground dry and hard or where tomorrow the thorns will spring up. The farmer knows, but me watching, I have no idea. You see, God has sown the good news of his kingdom to all people in all places. He knows that not all of it will take root everywhere. And yet, because of who he is, he gives himself and he gives his good news, the good news of his kingdom, anyway. Wherever God brings the good news, through Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, through different times in history, the kingdom of God coming always first seems impossible And then as we look back later, it seems inevitable. At first, when the announcement of some change or something new or different comes, it's dismissed. There's no way that could possibly happen. But later we look back and we connect all the dots and we see just how necessary or inevitable it was. I want to give you just a few examples of the kind of of, of what I mean here. The first one is not an example about the coming kingdom of God, but simply an example of how this works. Some of you, probably all of you, have heard of uh, the Cold War. When the, the U.S., the United States, and the USSR, the United Soviet States of Russia, were both developing nuclear capabilities and threatening to, to uh, put each other off the map. During that time, the U.S. President John F. Kennedy said, let every nation know, whether it supports us or wishes us ill, that we will pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. And he meant liberty, but he meant America and its friends as well. On the other side of the USSR, Nikita Khrushchev said, Whether you like it or not, history is on our side. We will bury you. In 1989, we say now, toward the end of the Cold War, in 1989, it was just about impossible to imagine that anything except the continuation or the worsening of the Cold War would happen. 
But in 1991, the Soviet Union fell apart. And almost immediately, newspapers and cultural commentators began to see how the decline and fall of the USSR was inevitable. It was unavoidable. It had to have happened that way. Let me give you another example. A farmer sows his seed. It was the first time that happened. We don't always think about that. But there's the first time a farmer decided to sow his seed. The first time you just dump food on the ground, it's impossible to imagine that anything would grow. But a few years later, it seems inevitable. Maybe it even seems ordinary. Let me give you another example. A child grows up in River Park Church. As a community, we see and know and love them. It seems impossible to us that they would ever leave the faith. But years later, we look back, and it seems like it was inevitable. It was the only way it could have gone. These are the times and the places where God's kingdom and the message of God's kingdom breaks in between what seems inevitable or what seems impossible and what later we see was inevitable. To put it in the picture of this parable, many of us experience in many different ways that we are living life on the path, among the rocky places, beneath the thorns. We are not so different from those who have gone before, who have missed out on the growth and the life and the joy of the message of the kingdom of God. For 400 years before Jesus was born, the Jewish people walked through a period of darkness and silence. If you read your Old Testament, it ends with the book of Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets. And there were many prophets who God gave his people, and they listened to some of them, and they ignored other ones, but the prophets were always there. But between the end of the Old Testament and the start of the New, just between those two pages is 400 years. And for 400 years, God was silent. It began to seem impossible to God's people, that God would ever speak again. And then Jesus came, and he came announcing, look, the kingdom of God is here. It sounded impossible. Unbelievable. Jesus was accused of blasphemy, of, of taking God's name in vain and lying about who God was or what God said. But today... Any Christian theologian, any Christian book you pick up will say, well, it was inevitable. Jesus had to have come. Not only are we not surprised at Jesus' incarnation, we're clear that it was unavoidable. This is how God works and how the good news of the kingdom breaks into our world. God meets his people in these moments when something seems impossible 
and the next when, he seem, when it seems to have been inevitable. Today, too, we live in times where the ground is shifting underneath us, and I don't mean the farmland. I mean our cultural landscape is shifting and changing rapidly. The state of our hearts are shifting and changing rapidly along with it. From, the, from 1991 until 2006 was 15 years. 1991, as I said, was the fall of the USSR, which changed our world in a number of ways. 2006, YouTube went mainstream. Facebook, you could sign up for Facebook as an adult in uh, the US and Canada. Not, you didn't just have to be a student. Cell phones by 2006 had become pretty widely available. In 2006, the Human Genome Project sequenced its first human gene, the entirety of it. But the next 15 years saw even more changes. The next year, 2007, the first iPhone was released. Now it's basically garbage. Wouldn't even be good for a paperweight. Since, since that time, technology has doubled every two years, and it's doubled in speed and capacity. 2021, 15 years later, we saw messenger RNA vaccines. We saw hyper-accurate GPS positioning, not just for governments or military, but for individuals. We saw skilled AI that can do just about anything, it seems, for you. And we saw much of the world working from home. We're not here to talk about all of those things. But through all of these shifting and changing ground in our world, through all of these massive changes, the churches in the West have put a lot of priority on basically doing the same thing that we have always done. We still think that the death of Christianity, as it is in the West, is impossible. We might hope for a better future, but we, too often we don't hope with any real or tangible expectation. Even though we can look to Europe or to Australia or to the United States and even around Canada and see that without change, that further decline and even death may be inevitable. But into this, God comes, preaching the good news of his kingdom. According to LifeWay Research, which is in the United States, approximately 4,500 Protestant churches closed in the U.S. in 2019. This is before COVID. And uh, 3,000 churches opened. It was the first time ever in the U.S. since this group began uh, reporting or researching that there had been more churches closed than opened. Now, since the pandemic hastened or, or hurried cultural trends, most researchers believe that those closures have only accelerated and increased. Meanwhile, there's research by the Survey Center on American Life. This is also an American uh, thing that found in the spring of 2022, after COVID, 67% of Americans reported attending church at least once a year. Once a year, 67% people went. 
And before the pandemic, that was 75%. So there's a drop there too. And now, of course, these are American numbers. We're not going to waste a bunch of time with them. But my point is simple. The soil for the good news of the kingdom of God is simply not the same as it was five years ago. It's not the same as it was 15 years ago. The landscape has changed. The ground continues to shift. But God has sown his seed everywhere. God has planted the good news of his kingdom everywhere. In the midst of our changing landscape, Christians have two options. We can try to understand every challenge, to solve every problem, and to face everything head on. Or we can attend to the work of God, and to the coming of God's kingdom more than ever. We don't just need to hear what God is saying on a Sunday morning. We need to listen to what God is saying. We need to take time to check our understanding and also to obey what God is calling us to do. To obey what God is calling us to do, where he calls us to go, how he calls us to do it, and when he leads us. If I say to you this morning that the Spirit of the Lord is doing a new thing, you might shake your head after all what seems like disheartening news. You might shake your head in disbelief. You might think it's unbelievable or impossible. You might even think I'm being blasphemous or too light with the word of God. It may seem impossible that God is doing a new thing. And yet the message of the kingdom of God always comes between the impossible and the inevitable. If we try to understand and face everything that goes on in our world, we will never begin to obey and do what God is calling us to do. But into a world where it seemed impossible that God would change, Jesus invited God's people to come and behold God. To come and experience his kingdom now. Open up your Bible after we finish worshiping this morning. We encourage you all to leave your Bibles at home by projecting it on the screen behind me. But go home. Find your Bible. Read about how Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, the parables that he tells. Will you see what he says? Will you listen? Will you understand? And will you follow no matter where he goes? God has been sowing the good news of his kingdom for centuries in all kinds of places, here in Calgary and around the world. And we find ourselves in the midst of this changing landscape again. We will see more fruit and more blessing when we give up more of ourselves, when we hear what God wants us to hear, when we see and enjoy God's kingdom, when we obey what he's calling us to do. God and through his good news of his kingdom, 
always has more for us. He always invites us, not just to hear it, not just to listen, not just even to understand, but also to obey and to follow him. We'll be getting more into this throughout the rest of the summer. But for now, I want to invite you please to bow your heads and pray with me. God, it is, I don't think it's news to any of us that our world is, the landscape of our world is changing. But it does often seem impossible that it would change for the best. Unlikely that your Holy Spirit would pour out more blessing, more healing, more salvation, and more deliverance. God, in the hardness of our hearts, where we find ourselves along the hard-packed, sun-baked path, or among the thorns where hope is choked out, do the work, Lord, that only you can do to tend to the soil of our hearts and lives, to make it good, Change us, Lord, as only you can. We can't change one another. We can't even change ourselves. But our hope is in you and our eyes are on you. So, Lord, speak your words to us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Help us to understand, to listen, and to obey as individuals, as communities, and as a church drawn together by your love and by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.